Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Poppy Menon. Poppy is the Vice President and Chief Product Officer of Outshift by Cisco, an incubation engine within Cisco. In his role, Poppy leads product management, design, growth marketing, business development, sales, and customer success with a charter to incubate new and emerging technologies within Cisco. He's been in his role for about 10 months and joined Cisco after having product executive roles at companies like HashiCorp, uh, Docker, GitHub, and MuleSoft. I look forward to hearing more about the fascinating purview that Poppy has and areas that he and his team are focused on. Poppy, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Thank you, Peter. It's exciting to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. As am I. Thank you. Well, Poppy, let's begin with OutShift. I, I think most people who would be listening to this are quite familiar with Cisco. Um, and I mentioned a little bit about uh, OutShift, but I'd love to have you uh, double-click on that a little bit further and talk about uh, the, the mission of OutShift, if you would. So OutShift is Cisco's internal incubation engine. And the charter of OutShift is to look at the broad technology landscape that's out there and discover the next transformational business opportunity for Cisco. So what that means is even though we are an incubator, we are not just a technology incubator. Of course, the technology is the core piece of it. And we look, as I said, at the landscape of opportunities out there to see what's interesting. But it's not just about the technology. It is about taking that technology and building a business on the back of it. So we don't think of ourselves as a technology incubator so much as a business incubator with everything that involves, you know, the systems, the people, the processes, the culture, all of it, right? That's really what we do at Outships. And there are a number of areas that we focus on for the, the current fiscal year. The areas of focus for us are Cloud-native security, that's a big area's focus for us. And I can talk about some of the products and services that we are building out there. Of course, AI is a big area of focus for us, as indeed it is for everyone in the tech industry these days, I would guess. And then we also look at some technologies that are a little further, more futuristic and a little more out there. So quantum networking and cryptography, for example, is another area of focus for us. So these are some of the areas that we look at in service of discovering that next big transformational opportunity. A great overview, and I really appreciate you providing some more examples of some of the specific areas you're focused, you and the team are focused on as well. I mentioned in the intro, Poppy, that you are the chief product officer. Talk a bit about your role specifically within the context of Outshift. Yeah, so as you mentioned in that very, very generous introduction, Peter, I've, I own a variety of different functions within the Outshift organization. So pretty much outside of corporate and brand marketing and the core engineering functions, everything else kind of you know, falls in my wheelhouse. So that includes the, the part of building and shipping the product. So product management and design, who partner closely, of course, with uh, our engineering counterparts to build the products that we are looking at to, to assess and build that, that minimum viable product to take to market. And then, as I said, we are not incubating just the technology. So it's the entire go-to-market side of the house as well. That means the business development, the sales piece of it, and the customer success piece of it are all also within my purview. In addition to that, um, I should also point out that, you know, when I said that we are taking new technologies and we are taking it to market, one of the things that we are also looking at is discovering new routes to market. So we want to serve new markets, new personas within that market, right? As you said, Cisco is a big company. It's a well-established brand. You know, we have a very robust business. But that's a business that's built on certain routes to market, on serving certain personas within the industry. We want to look at new personas, new markets, and new ways to get to those personas. Case in point, there being one of the other areas that's in my organization, which is growth marketing, right? So we 
we look very closely at product-led growth motions. How do we drive practitioner adoption for our products? How do we serve those practitioners first rather than the business or technical decision makers? So that's a route that we look at as well. So that's another area that falls in my responsibility. And it's interesting, as I hear you describe that, it, it sounds less like just a lab of sorts, but really trying to think about how you move the needle on scaling ideas. And for a behemoth like Cisco, obviously that's meaningful. You're not pursuing you know, uh, ideas that might add a million dollars of revenue, but something that, that actually has is quite consequential to, to an organization that's deep into the tens of billions in revenue. Talk a little bit about, if you would, uh, the scale aspect to what you do, uh, if you don't mind. This is such an astute question, Peter. Thank you for that. And this is something that is very top of mind for me. And it is one of the big challenges facing an internal incubator like OutShift. As you know, most startups fail, right? We all know that. So getting a startup to, to a successful end state in itself is a big challenge. Getting a startup with a new technology to be successful at Cisco scale is a whole different level of challenge, right? And that's what we are talking about here because it's not enough to just get a technology and make it successful as a new technology and a new route to market and a new persona, et cetera. It has to be meaningful at Cisco scale. Now, having said that, of course, Cisco brings a lot of unfair advantages to the table that most startups would not have. You know, we have a deep connection with the enterprise market. We have a very robust sales team. We have our marketing uh, engine, all of that. So there are a number of advantages that Outshift has that a typical startup would not have. But the challenges in front of us are also significantly bigger than what a normal startup has. So we are not just looking to incubate successful businesses, but successful businesses at Cisco scale. So that means that we look for opportunities to really have the transformational impact on the market rather than just being a winning play in and taking a small segment of an existing market. That's really not what we are out to do. We want to really bring those transformational plays out there. And talk a bit about the team you lead, if you would. Um, how How is the organization staffed this? And I, I'd be curious also the extent to which uh, the preponderance of players or people that you the, you reached across the organization to pull together into a team versus folks like yourself um, who came in from the outside and maybe know what good looks like uh, relative to some of the thesis areas that you're focused on. Yeah, happy to talk about that. This is, again, like I said, you know, we are not just incubating technologies, we are incubating systems, we are incubating processes, people, cultures, all of that. We use a variety of different tools in our toolkit to build out our teams. Right now, the Outshift team has grown largely through acquisitions. So acquisitions of companies that are nascent companies or complementary technology companies has been a very successful strategy for Cisco. Cisco is one of the companies that has done M&A traditionally quite well. And that's no different for Outshift as well. So we definitely look to that as a very viable route to building teams and bringing in DNA that we lack to, to bolster our teams and to get a head start on certain technologies that we are interested in. But in addition to that, Cisco as a company is very big into internal mobility as well. So we bolster those teams with people moving in from other parts of the organization who have complementary technologies, understand the Cisco machine, and know how to make products successful. Again, we are we are trying to build things within the Cisco family, and that's something that's very top of mind for us. So people who have that knowledge, we bring them in. And then people like myself, you know, from the outside, we want to bring in DNA that perhaps we need to build up. 
in service of some of these new markets, new technologies, et cetera. So we use all of those different toolkits. We acquire people, we move people from within Cisco, we hire from external places that we think are interesting and so on. So we use all of that. We have a very diverse, but I would say a very skilled team. Very interesting. I appreciate again, uh, that, that robust overview. Um, I, I wanted to get into some some more of the specifics of areas that you and the team are focused on. You, you mentioned cloud security, and certainly Cisco is uh, is known as a, a major security uh, player, generally speaking. Uh, talk a bit, bit about your team's area of focus on on the the way in which Outshift and, and the reasons behind Outshift focusing on on cloud security uh, specifically. Cloud security, we feel, is still an area where there is a lot of opportunity for growth. The whole area of security and cloud security in particular has been one of immense growth and continues to be for the next few years or perhaps even a decade if you look at what analysts and, and market observers are telling us. And the reason for that is when you think about the cloud-native security landscape or the cloud-native infrastructure landscape, it is such a heterogeneous, dynamic, ephemeral environment that many of the old technologies don't work anymore. You really have to have a holistic view of your application development process end-to-end -to, -end to have a chance of securing it all. Recently, one of the terms that has come up a lot is this idea of a CNAP, a cloud-native application protection platform. Uh, it was a term coined by Gartner, but the key insight here is that in order to protect the entirety of your application lifecycle, you really cannot have point products. You need to have a platform that can do it end-to-end -end and really correlate all of your threat vectors across the entirety of that lifecycle. And we feel that that is still a market that's in a nascent stage. There is a lot of opportunity to go out there and grab you know, mind share and market share in that space. And that's the reason why we are focusing on that. Obviously, as you said, Cisco is well known for its security products. We have a robust security portfolio already. And that security posture is rooted in our strength in networking, right? We have our networking security products. We have our observability products. But this is a little bit of a different play. We are coming at it very much from a cloud native world. Our center of gravity for Outshift is very much in the cloud. And we are addressing the problems of that cloud native space rather than taking the existing security portfolio and branching out into the cloud, right? Which also we are doing as a company, but that's not the focus for Outshift. Can you talk a little bit about some of the investments you're making there and, and areas of focus and how you've thought about building the offering? For building the offering, we take a variety of different approaches. It's not an either or type of situation. We have our own sales team. We have our own biz dev team. We have our own you know, growth marketing and, and PLG team. So we are building out all of those routes to market internally within Outship. But again, we are part of the Cisco family. So in addition to doing that, we also partner closely with the broader Cisco security and networking and all of the rest of the BUs, the observability BU and all of that. Our product is included in suites with other Cisco products. We have better together journeys at the product level where we enhance the user journeys for our product by providing insights. So for example, we have a multi-cloud defense suite that we have with our security portfolio where insights from Panoptica, the product that we are talking about within Outshift, I should mention that, 
Panoptica is the product that we sell. It's a CNAP product, a cloud-native application protection platform. But Panoptica works very well with other products in the Cisco security and observability portfolio, where insights from Panoptica and your cloud-native infrastructure are fed into those products, and vice versa. Insights from those products help inform your cloud-native security. So these better-together journeys, both at the product level, the technology level, as well as the go-to-market level are something we collaborate deeply on with the rest of the Cisco machine. Very interesting. An interesting overview of that. And maybe talk a bit about some of the, the pillars of the product, if you would. The product, it, it's a full cloud-native application protection platform, and it has several pillars. So there's the, the cloud workload protection pillar, which is really about scanning vulnerabilities in your cloud workloads, be they running in on VMs or Kubernetes or containers or what have you. So there's the workload protection piece. There is a cloud security posture management or CSPM piece. You know, of course, security in general and cloud security in particular loves acronyms. So there's a whole bunch of different. So there's CWP, the workload protection. There's a CSPM, the cloud security posture management. Those are the two core pillars. And then in addition to that, we have the code security, which is more about the shift left side of things, protecting the application development process, the infrastructure as code, the software bill of materials, et cetera, the provenance and building of your application at the code level. And then there's the API security layer, which is about taking that application, putting it out in the cloud, connecting to it via APIs, exposing your APIs, making sure they're secure, making sure the API specs are secure, all of that. So it's code, cloud security, workload protection, and API security. And then in addition to that, we have a lot of cross-functional capabilities built into the product. One of the biggest advantages or one of the biggest wow factors with the Panoptica product is this ability to visualize your attack path. We are very proud of that part of the product. What it allows you to do is to look at your infrastructure, to look at the cloud infrastructure within an enterprise and be able to tell you that of the thousands of vulnerabilities that you have out there, which of them should you pay attention to because they form part of a credible attack path that can compromise one of your critical assets, right? This is a very important thing for any decision maker or any IT ops person today because for any enterprise operating at non-trivial scale, your cloud infrastructure will have thousands, if not tens of thousands of vulnerabilities. That's just the way it is. You know, you will have unpatched VMs, you will have misconfigured cloud credentials, you will have IAM issues. This is just going to be the way things are. But that's not actionable. When you have 10,000 vulnerabilities, you don't know what to do about them. What Panoptica allows you to do is to take that and distill it down and say, of these 10,000 or 15,000 vulnerabilities that are out there, by the way, those are not numbers I'm just throwing out there. These are typical numbers that we see in our customer deployments. You have to pay attention to these 12 because you know some critical database or some critical service or API is being exposed as a result of this. So it makes it actionable and we call it prioritize with precision. So it really helps you prioritize the things that matter based on the, the credible threat that they pose. I wanted to also ask you, I know from our past conversations, Poppy, you've talked about how you think of OutShift as a culture incubator as well. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what you mean by that. Uh, you know, you, you've talked so well and clearly about some of the ways in which you build these business opportunities but, but the cultural aspect is oftentimes where, especially mergers and acquisitions fail, 
Uh, it's where smaller, nimbler organizations sometimes don't incorporate themselves well into larger organizations. As you point out, Cisco has a long history of actually having one of the best batting averages relative to, to M&A. But nevertheless, I would love to understand from your perspective, what, is it, what does culture incubation uh, mean? It means so many different things. I wish I had a, a pat answer for you. You know, it's one of those things where it's a combination of things, right? You look at the people, you look at the way they do things, you look at their, their mindset, you look at the way that they can be absorbed into the team. This is top of mind for us. But it's not just for acquisitions. For acquisitions, it's definitely something that we have to look at very carefully, right? It's not just the technology. It's also the people. It's also the systems. It's also the way they work the ephemeral culture that they have created, right? And so we spend a lot of time with the teams when we go through the process of vetting and validating whether this would be a good acquisition target for us. This is something that we look at very closely. But again, that's just a very, you know, very tangible example. But even when we do things like when we acquire people from other parts of the company, when we hire new people into the organization, we need to make sure that they are on board with the way we work. And, and there are certain things that at Outship we hold very dear. You know, We need to be very nimble. We need to be open to change because this is an incubator. We are going to try a lot of things and many of them will not pan out. That's just the nature of being a fast-moving incubator is we will try a lot of different things. You know, Some of them will pan out. Some of them won't. Over a period of time, we want to have a pretty good batting average. But on any given set of things that we have, some of them are not going to make it. And so we need to have people who are comfortable with that, you know, and not everyone is, right? Some people want to go get very attached to a particular technology or a particular way of doing things and they want, and that's great, you know, but that's not who we are. We need to be very nimble. We need to be rigorous. We need to hold ourselves accountable. We need to have clear metrics and KPIs on how we do things. We also can't just be like in this hand wavy ideation phase forever, right? This is very important for us. We are not incubating ideas or technologies. We are incubating businesses. So there needs to be a certain degree of discipline and rigor in how we go about things. We need to hold ourselves accountable and make sure that if things, you know, just as we, I talk about both the positive space and the negative space, right? On the one hand, are we doing all the things that we should be doing? And are we tracking towards the progress milestones that we have? But also, the negative space of it, are there invalidating signals that we are getting from the market? And if there are, then we need to take corrective action, right? Whether it is doubling down on certain areas, whether it's divesting from certain areas, et cetera, whether it's killing things off, all of those things. This is something that people have to be comfortable with. And we pay a lot of attention to that through whether in the process of hiring, in the process of migrating people from other parts of the org, in the process of acquisitions, for sure. Very interesting. Appreciate you sharing that perspective. You mentioned at the outset, in terms of areas of focus, artificial intelligence is one of them as well. And I wonder what some of your latest thinking with regard to AI is and ways of incorporating that into the various items that your 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 areas and, and opportunities that you're focused on. Yeah, AI has been a very interesting area for us. You know, it's one of those things where it's transforming the entire realm of software development, right? I'm going to steal a quote that I really like from my counterpart, my head of engineering, he said this uh, a very memorable quote, and he said, software is eating the world and AI is eating software, you know? And I thought that was very apt. The challenge with AI is, of course, we don't have an exclusive right to innovation within the space of AI, right? Every business unit, every product within Cisco is thinking about how they can use AI to advance 
their product, how they can better enhance their user experience, how they can serve their customers better using AI. And Cisco as a business itself is also thinking, how can we use AI to run more efficiently? How can we use it within our HR ops and sales ops and marketing ops and all of that, right? Like every company out there is doing. The difference again with what we do at Outshift is we are looking for things that are outside of those incremental improvements within products or accretive advancements that we are making in AI within the existing business units at Cisco. We take a look at what falls outside of that and how can we advance the cause of AI as a whole by bringing some of these advantages that Cisco brings to bear, but is not too closely adjacent to what the existing products offer. And that's an interesting challenge, and we are looking at it, and there are a number of areas. We see a number of, even though it's a nascent space, I think we have enough data now. We have had enough conversations with customers, and we've seen enough of how the market is evolving that we have a point of view on some secular trends that we are observing out there and how enterprises are adopting and using AI. And we are building some products that will leverage those secular trends. I don't know if you have time to get into all the product details here on this call, but you know it's uh, there's some interesting announcements that are coming. Early next year, we'll be coming out some interesting announcements in that space. Look forward to staying tuned to some of those exciting announcements uh, as the, the months wear on. Uh, I wanted to also ask you, Poppy, given this mandate that you have, this fascinating mandate that you have uh, in your role, how do you stay informed? I'm curious, uh, you must have a robust ecosystem uh, you must have tentacles not only across your your large, highly networked uh, uh, organization, the enterprise you're a part of, but also beyond it as well uh, through to Silicon Valley and and uh, past companies uh, that you've been been affiliated with. Talk a bit about the way in which you uh, remain abreast of, of progress from an innovation uh, and a technology perspective in ways that that serve you and ultimately serve your company. This is this is one of the most exciting and fascinating parts about being at Outshift, you know, and I I just love that it is a tough thing, you know, you have to stay abreast of this and constantly moving landscape, look at all the different areas that are out there, but that's so exciting and it is it's just a wonderfully fulfilling part of the job. So to more concretely answer your questions, yes, we have deep partnerships with many parts of Cisco. One of our closest partners is Cisco Research. You know, this is a research wing that looks at all kinds of emerging technologies out there. They have deep partnerships with academia across the United States and, and across the world. And so they're looking at research areas and what is cutting edge in various areas. So quantum, for example, you know, what's happening in quantum networking and cryptography? That, that's a big area of focus for, for our research team. So we partner closely with them and the things that they're looking at we periodically review with them, is there anything here that we can productize? Is there a big transformational opportunity here? Can we tease this out a little further? Can we flesh this out? Is there a product direction here that we can investigate? So that's a partnership that is very vibrant and we collaborate with them a lot. In addition to that, there are a number of areas of Cisco that we collaborate deeply with. One is Cisco Ventures. You know, Cisco has its own venture arm. We are looking at startups constantly, looking at the ecosystem of you know, venture capital funding that's out there. We are constantly talking to them to say, what are the interesting startups that you're seeing? What are you investing in? What are other investors investing in? Let's follow the money, see where venture capital is going and look to that for both partnership ideas or M&A ideas, as well as technology ideas. What are the things that we should be looking at? And then of course, we have a team of very smart product managers who also are constantly out there 
learning about their domains, learning about adjacent domains. Uh, we attend conferences, we attend meetups, we talk to our peers in the industry, constantly have our fingers on the pulse of various things that are going on and try to keep ourselves informed. It is a constant, we have to run as fast as we can to stay in the same place. And even then it's not fast enough at times, but that's the fun part of the job. So we embrace it. A, a somewhat related question, Poppy, I wanted to ask you as somebody who's been a leader at consequential organizations, I mentioned it earlier, not only Cisco, HashiCorp, the Docker, GitHub, MuleSoft, VMware, and the progress you've made in, in growing uh, to greater levels of responsibility, now the C-suite in an interesting organization, what have been some of the difference makers for you on your pathway? Uh, what, what have been some of the secrets to your success, perhaps tuned towards others you might wish to uh, uh, have their careers rhyme with yours? There's a number of things that I could talk about there, Peter, but I think if there is one thing I would say, it is that you can only coast downhill. As soon as you find yourself that you're plateauing, right? you have to find ways to either up-level your responsibilities, take on, look to new areas of personal growth, look to people who can mentor and grow you into those roles, or look to new roles. You know, So this has been something that I have really taken to heart, and I try not to coast. Always look to be learning, always look to be making new connections, always look to be growing your sphere of influence, always look to be growing yourself, your skills, your habits, your network, all of that. As soon as you find yourself getting too comfortable, it's time to make a change. Phenomenal advice. I really appreciate you sharing that, Poppy. And thank you for, more broadly speaking, uh, sharing from your experience in this fascinating role uh, from this, this consequential perch you have at OutShift. Appreciate you sharing a bit about what you're seeing as some of the fascinating areas that you and the team are focused on, the rationale as to why, the methods you use, as well as some of the things that are coming through the pipeline. It's been a very nice conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Peter. I really enjoyed our conversation.